Crest is proud to have De La Salle North Catholic High School as our community partner for this season of the podcast. De La Salle is the most diverse private school in Oregon, offering a college preparatory education exclusively to low-income students, turning no one away because of their inability to pay. Known as a school that works, De La Salle's corporate work-study program has every student work one day a week at Portland-area companies, offsetting 50% of their tuition. The innovative curriculum provides the students with real-world experience, self-confidence, and ownership of their education. When we build stronger, thriving communities, we all benefit. Learn more on how your company can get involved by visiting DeLaSalleNorth.org. Striking the balance between this desire to be autonomous and remote and flexible yeah. that so many people loved. It was one of the positives that's come out of COVID, right? With this desire for what, what, the, kid, what the kids say, IRL, right? In yeah. real life connectivity, human connection that I have seen folks come and go in this time who haven't had that ability to connect because we are still remote and we're not in the office. And what's the right answer? Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, Principal for the Portland Office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. Subscribe at cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to have uh, the SVP of Human Resources with Papa Murphy's Stephanie Richmond with me today. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So Stephanie, for those who don't know about Papa Murphy's, which I would say would be crazy for them not to know about Papa Murphy's across Indeed. the U.S., but for those that may not know about Papa Murphy's and you, why don't we start with your background a little bit, how you became the the leader of HR uh, at, uh, at Papa Murphy's, and then talk us through your journey, and we'll get into the Papa Murphy's journey, and then we'll rock and roll from there. So my journey uh, started... After grad school, uh, my boyfriend at the time and I had never been west of the Mississippi. And so I applied to grad schools in Colorado because that seemed like the smart thing to do. <laughs> and we moved out to Colorado Springs and I ended up getting a master's degree in sociology and public administration. And the real question was, how am I going to make any money? And so during that journey in grad school, I took an HR class and really loved it. And I was like, oh, wait, I can study groups and I can make money in business and still do really awesome things. And so, yeah, so I ended up getting my first job in Denver. So we moved up to Denver from Colorado Springs and I did background checks for a rental management company. So oh, wow. you can imagine <laughs> how many people in the world want to be bonded to go into people's apartments that really should not. That was humorous yeah. and a little yeah. terrifying. I did that job for about six months. And funny enough, at the time, it was like when Gen Xers were really, really known for jumping jobs, like job hopping, right? It was kind of yeah. new that you, how could these people not want to work somewhere for 20 years? Uh, and I got a job offer from an engineering firm in town called CH2M Hill that actually is founded out here in Oregon. I did not know yeah. that at the time. Yeah, Corvallis. And I thought, well, I've only been here for six months. Like, gosh, I'm the typical Gen Xer, but I can make $10,000 more. I was making 20, <laughs> uh, right? So I was like, oh, wow. You know, I could be rolling <sighs> in the cash, work for a bigger company. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I jumped ship and it was the best thing I probably ever did in my career. I worked for a year in HRIS for a bit. And then I got into learning and development and just loved every minute of learning and development and organizational development. And it was all the things I loved about sociology and group dynamics. And I had a really amazing boss who said, if you ever really want to go far in HR, you're going to have to learn, 
learn and work outside of a corporate environment in the field and really learn the business. Yeah. And uh, you might have to move because nobody's leaving Denver right now. And so within six months, I got a job offer with that same company to either move to Portland, Seattle or Boise. And we had just taken a trip to Portland and I was like, that seems like a good idea. Like we can't afford (laughs) Seattle. Uh, and uh, Boise just seems like moving from Denver to a smaller Denver. Yeah. And, you know, I was naive enough to take a lateral move and not ask for any more money. And my husband was quitting his job. And so we're like, yeah, we'll just move to Portland. And went out here, sat in the field office. So really understood more than ever, like why the field people can't stand corporate. Right. And and how corporate doesn't understand why the field people don't love them and did human resources for a bit for a business group. And then I actually stopped working in HR and I moved into a business group. So I supported the environmental business group out here, which is a multi-million dollar business that runs up and down the California, Washington, Oregon coast and Hawaii and Alaska and working for an actual business leader, not an HR business leader. So it was really Mm -hmm. different for me but it was incredibly rewarding. And I learned the ins and outs of how they made money and what works and what doesn't. And then got the call to go back into human resources at one point and then went back in and did learning and development for a bit and then decided it was time that I wanted to stay in Portland and not move back to Denver. And I wanted that decision to be my own and not the company's. Yeah. Yeah. And Papa Murphy's came along. And so, yeah, I, I moved over. I made, the, I made the switch from engineering consulting to take and bake pizza. Yeah. And it seems like now too, well, in the last 18 months, HR has been, I mean, it's not just HR anymore either. No. Right? There's so many things that go into that. So it seems like you have that bad, you have that background in that, you know, dealing with, with HR in one capacity, dealing with the business in another capacity, dealing across field. I mean, it, we see this all the time too, right? Field office and corporate, very different. And now in your role at Papa Murphy's and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but it, it's, sort of employees, but it's more fran- it, it's mm-hmm. franchisees, right? So are you dealing with, I mean, that's another whole, whole sort of component of people that, that you're having to lead and manage through. Is that right? Yeah, no, for sure. So franchising is so different and so crazy and awesome in so many ways. So we have our own, let's say 175-ish employees that are our okay. employees that support okay. the franchise owners. Um, in addition to that, we own some company stores. So we also have about four to 500 hourly employees that are in our stores, not in the West Coast as much anymore, but back East. So we've got a little bit of everything that we actually do HR for, but you're right. We have, I would say on a given day, anyway, between five to 600 owners. We have about 1200 plus stores that are franchised across the US. And so there is a fine line in franchising on how much support you can give without crossing the line of joint employer, right? So I can't make decisions for them about how to lead, guide, like hiring, firing, those types of things. But what I can do is offer them best practice and give them advice on like, look, this is the trend of where Gen Z is, for instance. And here are the things that we know are important to them in, in terms of attributes they're looking for in their employer. And so if I were in your shoes, these are the things that I would be thinking about offering. So we do a lot of coaching and advising And then we lead by example in our company stores. So we try a lot of that stuff out in our company stores to see if it'll work. Yeah, where you have that sort of, it's a more of a controlled environment that then they can come in. And I guess that goes back to the learning and development side of things. where You guys are sort of beta testing those things and then letting the franchise owners sort of come in and say, this is what we're doing and it's been successful or unsuccessful or whatever. So, you know, so so you guys are, you're, you're effectively a resource for all those franchisors. 
yeah they can, for they the, can tap for, into the certain things that you know, that that you guys are doing uh, on a national scale on the people side of things absolutely on the operations side and marketing side there's certainly a heavier support that they can offer from uh, you know here's here's best standards on health and safety that you need yeah. to follow you have to follow but yeah on the people development piece and also community impact and how can we engage in the community we are able to offer a lot more guidance what made so that's a so you've been at Palmer for eight, eight, seven, eight years? I, I said seven or eight earlier today, and then I realized it was actually going on nine, apparently. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, COVID adds two, two years, so right? Exactly. So, in the, in the last, my guess is that the company has grown in the last 18 months because of how many people have been at home eating pizza. But I'm curious to see what you guys have seen, how you've led through the last sure. 18 months. And what that's sort of been like, and that's that's one piece. The other piece of it is, you know, what are you guys seeing from a recruitment perspective, and maybe the challenges that that, that you're yeah. seeing in that, or maybe maybe no challenges at all. I mean, you talk about having one interview, and and here you are getting a position, right? And then in some cases, you talk, you know, you talk to people. It's like, yeah, I've had, you know, I've 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 had 14 interviews and nothing or whatever, right? And then, and then you sort of, I, I I don't know, you try to think about all the challenges that are out in the job market now and the great resignation and the great exploration and people are looking for things. There's lots of great people. There's so many things, but I'm just curious what, what, what you've experienced. Yeah. So we are different, right? Because we sell a raw product. We actually were allowed to be open last year. So when a lot of the businesses were closing down, we are considered a grocer. So when the Things shut their doors. We were open. And yes, we had a phenomenal year. And our owners, and you know what? Our owners deserved to have a phenomenal year. We've had a lot of leadership changes. We've had a lot of business changes, a lot of directional changes. And, you know, that causes instability and and mistrust. And we've done great work over the past two years since being bought by MTY to start to rebuild that. So they were long overdue for a really phenomenal year. And then this year has been strong as well. I, you know, we have a brand new leadership team that's been in place now for going on two years. And so it's just really remarkable to see uh, what stability can do for an organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, what I've learned from the global crisis or the pandemic is two things. One, wow, people are really resilient. You know, whether it's our owners or the crew that are working the stores uh, or our support staff that are like working from home, trying to balance multiple roles. Uh, Resiliency is amazing. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure you've heard multiple leaders tell you mental health is something that I don't think any of us thought about two years ago as being something as an employer we need to be thinking about. So that's definitely something that I've learned from it. And the yeah. other is how do you strike? And I don't have the answer to this, by the way. But <laughs> striking, questions are good. Right. Striking the balance between this desire to be autonomous and remote and flexible yeah. that so many people loved. It was one of the positives that's come out of COVID, right? With this desire for what with the kid with the kids say, IRL, right? In yeah. real life connectivity, human connection that I have seen folks come and go in this time who haven't had that ability to connect because we are still remote and we're not in the office. And what's the right answer? Yeah. You know, and I, again, I, I think I'm hard pressed to think any leaders have the right, right answer. I know we're yeah. trying some things, but yeah. that's something I've also learned from this whole past two years is it's really fun and challenging to not know the answer and to be in uncharted territory. But there's a lot of humility of just recognizing, yeah, we may not 
be able to figure this out and we may stumble and we'll get up and we'll learn from it. But there's no white paper out there that's going to tell me how to solve this. No, there, there might be five years from now, but not maybe not, not not now, not now, but it's interesting. So, so how do you then communicate to your staff? Like, what does that look like from a leadership standpoint? Because you're wrestling with all these things leadership wise. How do you put it in policies in place? They're looking at you, you know, you staff and employees looking at you like, okay, what's, what's the plan? What sort of communication consistency did you, did you guys have from a leadership standpoint and, you know, with, with the staff and then your own, you know, what would that look like communication wise? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's twofold, right? Now, you know, if you were to ask our owners or our staff, I'm sure there's lots of things that we could have done differently and could continue to do differently, right? I'm always the yeah. first to say we can always get better at this. Right. From our owner's perspective, it was, it was a lot of, you know, A, lots of not town halls, but just webinars and learning series. And how do you stay ahead of the safety issues, the different mandates, the how do you motivate your staff? How do you keep them engaged? And bringing in a lot of external, easy to access experts in the business to, yeah. to talk through and just giving them a point of connectivity. So not just to the executive team, but to other experts in the business and to hear from others, right? For our employees, it was similar. It was just connect, 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 right? So whether it's town halls or impromptu, like, hey, let's just all get on a phone and you guys can ask us questions uh, to having kind of an open forum all the time where they can submit questions and get answers back from us. I'd be hard pressed to find anyone in the company that would tell you that we're not a pretty approachable team. Mm. We're unique that we don't, we all, so there are five of us that lead the company and then we Mm -hmm. all report up to the CEO at MTY. So there's no brand president. Yeah. And so I think in some ways that's made us more accessible. I think folks feel like they can reach out to us and they can ask those questions that they might not otherwise ask, but really just connecting and I'm, creating different forums. We've done a lot of learning and development, virtual stuff. So I give my credit, all the credit to the learning and development team for doing what we call bake it up, bake it up a notch uh, (laughs) series, right? About mental health, about how you manage that, um, about just basic communication skills. How do you thrive remotely? Uh, How do you work effectively and communicate on different platforms? And so really just getting all the learning out there, different forums to ask questions, just to have discussions. The other thing that, you know, came out of all of this, which I know, again, is not unique to us is DEI. And how do you how do you go from kind of this thing that was out there that we should be doing and talking about to, wow, this is incredibly important to us as employees and an employer. And how do we create forums for that discussion when we're not all together? Right. And so we've been doing these things called appease the conversation. And <laughs> Man, so look at this. this is just the, this we, is just full of puns. I love you it. You see that we're we're very pun oriented, <laughs> uh, pun oriented, very, very but that allows people to come and talk about things that they've never yeah. would normally talk about, and it's it's yeah. all led by just different people in the organization. So yeah, you know, I'm a broken record, but just offering people different forums and different ways and different topics to engage. Well, I think that goes. I don't know. It seems like it goes toward you know, toward the culture of approachability, right? Like if you have, if you're, if you're sort of playing on some of these things, it's just, I don't know, it, it just, it, it seems like it, it has that approachability that maybe others don't, right? I mean, there's, there's, I don't know, there's some fun in that. Yeah. Um, so where, where are you guys now? What, what does it look like now for your staff that are at their support center and for the leadership team? Are you guys, have you guys decided to do you know, hybrid approach, anchored approach, come back a few days a week. I mean, obviously it cha- it almost changes by the email, to be honest, but um, it definitely changes you know. by the email. So one of the things that we have the benefit of is with MTY, 
They also own our sister brand, Kahala, down in, in Scottsdale. So that's like Coldstone Creamery and Pinkberry. Uh, Those are yeah. some of the brands that people recognize. Yeah. And so our CEO up in Montreal has said, you know what, if let's all try the same approach across the board and see how that works. And he is a big proponent of wanting to maintain the culture by being in the office. Now, that being said, what we have said is when when the time comes and we have moved our timeline, just like every other business yeah. in oh, Portland, yeah. yeah, is we will go back to a minimum of two days a week in the office. And one of those days should be with your team. So we have the benefit, right? We're a small company. Uh, you know, I realize that's not possible at some of these bigger, bigger places, but we can allow people the flexibility to say, you figure it out with your team. Yeah. You, it doesn't have to be the same two days a week, whatever works. If you want to come in because you're, you have a, your home life, you know, it's better to be in the office five days a week. Great. Come back yeah. in five days a week. But at a minimum, we want to try it at least at two. And we've said, we'll reevaluate in December and try again in January, go to this kind of flexible work arrangement. Yeah. Like I said, it changes all the time. I'm hopeful yeah. that that will be the case because I have seen, and I mentioned this earlier, folks that come in during this two-year period that have never had the chance to really be in an office with us or even travel to the support center to meet people. It's a little isolating. You know, they know their yeah. people yeah. on teams. They know this, like this is what they right. know. It, they know the five it, screens it, that they see yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's harder for a lot of folks to reach out and ask as many questions as they might if they were in person. And so we're going to try this. We've said to everyone, like, we're going to try it. If it doesn't work, we'll try something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been such a big thing is, is again, having that that culture of like flexibility and openness to say, like, hey, we're going to try some stuff out. You know, I mean, right. Because you're right. There's there's no right answer. There's no sort of mandate that says this is exactly how it's going to work and it's going to work. For now and forever, it's going to be. Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen through COVID is like, okay, life is just going to be a little flexible for a while. You know, next couple of years, like we're going to try some things out. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, we'll, we'll, we'll stop. Yeah. And I think so, the hardest thing about that is acknowledging that you have so many different styles that work for you. And some people, uh, flexibility is just really uncomfortable. And so how do yeah. you meet them halfway with, so here's enough structure because we want you to feel good. We want you to feel empowered. Yeah. You know, we want you, to, we don't want you out there wondering what's going to happen. And yet enough flexibility for the folks that are like, yeah, I don't care what happens tomorrow, that they don't feel stifled by the structure we're trying to put on it. Yeah. I, I actually don't think I've ever, ever thought of it that way. I just, <laughs> I think, I think I was sort of myopic in the thing of like, oh, flexibility and, and choice is good. But there it absolutely is like just p the personality of some people too, right? Where it's just like, no, like I can't do two unless one's done. I can't do three right. unless two's done. And that's a very structured. And if it's just like sort of this amorphous, yeah, come in when you want. Don't come in when you don't. But I didn't ever think about it that way. And there's not anything wrong with that. It's just a no, very not at all. And it's, it's not a, my approach either. So trust me, like yeah. when I say like I have to force myself to go. Okay. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, but it, but it does, it does, it, it does give you a little appreciation. Yeah. Right? It gives you an appreciation for like, there's, there's not just one work style. And I think, yeah. you know, sometimes you think that your work style is like, you know, that's, there's others, right? Yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah, there are actually, you know, and I think the mental health piece has been part of that whole discussion. And that I think the, the, the elevation or at least the, the open door to start talking about, you know, the, and there's been so much out there around that um, yep. and connectivity and the, the, the keeping, it's just, there's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of. And I think too, like with you get, you know, with, with you having employees across the country too, you're not just having to like, okay, this is what's going on in Multnomah County or Clark County. It's like, you gotta be, 
you had to have your finger on the pulse on all the places where you have your employees, which, yeah, it's tough. So in different what cultures. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So what about you? What have, what have you, Stephanie, learned about yourself in the last 18 months? That you can still have fun regardless of where you sit. I'm probably maybe a little atypical, but I joined HR because I love being around people. Yes, I'm a business partner and yes, I can talk the numbers and I can do all that. But at the end of the day, I want to have fun because I spend a lot of time working and I want to yeah, be able to make, yeah. make, create an environment where people can have fun and enjoy what they do because they're giving up a lot of time to be. And so I think it's taught me I'm pretty resilient. Uh, and also that you, you get what you get what you put into something, you know, yeah. and if you want to sit back and go, Oh yeah, this is awful. And then yeah, it will be awful. And it is kind of glass half empty, but I think the more positive you can bring to a situation. And I know from my team, I've learned so much more about the more frequent I connect with them, the, the closer I feel to them. I think, I think that they would tell you they feel more recognized. They feel like I know what they're up to, that I can appreciate what they do, what they're up against. Yeah. And so it's really just taught me and really reinforced lessons I've probably known all along, but just yeah. connecting frequently and recognizing are just so key. And having fun is part of that. When you lose that joy, I don't know. I mean, I know people it's, do it. I know people do jobs because you got to do a job and it's not yeah, fun, but yeah. yeah, it's a lot to be said for having a little joy in life. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Well, it doesn't seem like you have any fun uh, at all. I, you I know, mean, there's just, days. <laughs> there's days when you have my personality, have when you are down, people are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't be, you know, I can't be up right. all the time. I need my space to, to just, you know, yeah. vent a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So if you had uh, a chance to, to share coffee or a cocktail with anybody in, in history, past or present, or maybe, you know, someone in the future that we don't, but uh, <laughs> who, who, who would that be? And why? It's so hard to answer that question with one person. I was thinking a lot about my grandparents the other day. All of them. They're all different. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, one grew up in Chile. One was from South Carolina. One, two were from Rhode Island. I think I would want to sit down with all four and just say, what were you thinking at my age? Right? What was going on in the world? What was your perspective? What was everybody saying? This is going to be awful, right? Or, and what were people celebrating? Because yeah. I think sometimes we lose perspective because there's so much going on and both negative and positive. And just having the perspective of somebody that I value and that yeah. I had a relationship with as an adult to hear what they would say about that versus as a child, I'd just be very curious, yeah. at, you know, and comparing that to what's happening today. I don't know if you, it's a great answer. And I don't know if you do this, like I do this with my kids, but I, I, I see my, the relationship that my kids have with my in-laws and my, you know, my, my parents too. And it's like, and it's like, we want that to be, it is, it's, it's so strong, right? Like, uh -huh. and it just, at least, you know, we were grateful in that to have such a strong, and I had a strong relationship with my grandparent, my grandfather just passed away. You know, he was 95, he passed away in May wow. of this year. And, but it's just, you know, it just, it, as a parent, you just, it's like, you want that bond to be so strong too. Right. And I don't know, I just appreciate the answer, um, for you. Cause I don't know. I, I mean, that it, I don't know. It's, it, it, it speaks a lot. Yeah, I think too, um, like you, my in-laws and my mom live here. And so they get a chance to, I've watched my kids have a much stronger relationship because the grandparents are around all the time. Yeah. I grew up visiting, but never yeah. really knowing. And they died when I was 
gosh, early 20s, the last one passed away. Yeah. And so it would just be so curious to me to sit down and have a conversation and say, so you see what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it like for you? Like, what are the equivalents of that to give me some perspective on? Yeah. Should I be panicking or should I? Right. <laughs> Does yeah, it all yeah. work out? Yeah. Well, it's also, it, it, you know, it's, I think so much of it's hindsight too, because I'm like, you know, my kids are still young, but I'm thinking about like when they, like when I was 18, 19, 20, like, why didn't I sit down with my grandparents? Right. right? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't I sit down? I'm like, okay, what? It's only now that we're later on in life and we have children and we have our professional, our lives, whatever, that we're like, huh. Yeah. That would have been nice. I know. And it's just like, damn it. I know. I know. And it would be different than doing that with your parents. Because I do that yes. with my parents. But it would be yeah. so different because they just yeah. grew up in such a different time period. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, so for, uh, where can people find you and find out more about well, I'm not going to ask where they can find out more about Papa Murray's. Just go online and you know order some pizzas. Order some pizza they, for sure. Yeah, order a big yeah. stuffed pizza this weekend. Yeah. What about what What about uh, you? Are you on LinkedIn, social media? Yeah, LinkedIn the- for sure. I, that's probably the best way to reach out to me. I'm I'm happy to connect. I I shared with Dan earlier. I am one of those people that aspires to network more, but never does, just because I get uh-huh. so wrapped up in my personal and work. Yeah, so I would yeah. love to hear from folks and, and connect and share ideas. There's a lot of energy that comes from hearing, A, I'm not the only one in this boat. And <laughs> yeah. B, oh, wow, that's a super creative idea of some, yeah. something I haven't tried yet. Oh, wow, I can get into franchise HR. And there you go. No idea. Oh, one, one meeting. I do led, think led that that there. is something that bothers me about <laughs> HR is like, they always says you need experience in this. And I'm like, no, you don't. You just need yeah, really, really solid don't. HR skills. Yeah. You'll be yeah. fine in any business. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Stephanie, thanks so much for the for sharing your day with me. And, you know, it was really great to get to know you better and, and hear what like just your history. And um, I just appreciate the time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit Cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.